welcome everyone to the Russell show I'm your host Russell Chaudhary and I can't wait to jump in today's podcast episode so episode number 36 we have a special guest Akila Stone Akila Stone has been a justice socialist a professor for 20 years both in person and online teaching courses that include social problems families and intimate relationship and sex and gender he has served as a board member and volunteer mentor with the numerous youth development NPOS and was a former executive director of Hill Harper Manifest Your Destiny Foundation. He has presented countless workshops, presentation and keynote speeches. As he served as a host on a camera and a number of large-scale live events, he is also a commercial actor and no struggle to production having founded several boutique production companies and loves helping other creatives along the own and unique paths. In 2020 Stone self-published book Seeking Selfdom in Age of Selfies which offers readers of multidisciplinary approach to getting to know themselves on profound and meaningful level. The book was subsequently followed by a video audio podcast series explores the idea and perspectives shared in each chapter. He has produced and directed several web series, short films and interview style documentary called Pushing 50 that explores the challenges and benefits of the being middle-aged in the modern era. He lives in Los Angeles, California. In this episode, we'll talk with Akilo about his new book, Seeking Self-Term in the Age of Selfies. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a review on our podcast and share with your friends and family. So let's dive in. Hi Akilo, thank you so much for coming to our show. I really, really appreciate it. I, I know you have a busy schedule, you're doing multiple things and, and in your career. So yeah, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's the fall is rolling in. Um, I'm up early, had a couple of cups uh-huh. of coffee and I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I can see the energy at 8 a.m. in the morning. The energy you have and positive vibe you have, I really, really love that. <laughs> Yeah. It's nonstop, Russell. It is nonstop. Uh, when I was a when I was a child, uh, yeah. they called it hyperactivity disorder. But right. I turned it into as an adult, I've turned it into um, a, a foundation for creation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. So tell us before we get to the topic, um, what's the podcast about? Which are you gonna talk about about reality? And we can talk about your book, which is seeking selfdom in the age of selfies. So. Before we get to that, I want to know like who Zakilo is and how you got started. What made you uh, write the book, and what do you actually do at the moment? Man, this is I, I, I don't want to take the whole hour talking about my very jagged trajectory <laughs> through life. Um, take a dive. <laughs> I mean, I really could, but I always I've gotten really good at being able to summarize it. Um, yeah, like kind of in a nutshell. I would I'm one of uh, you know very few people. in my entire family to go to college. We'll start right. out like that. I was born and raised in the Midwest yeah. in a you know blue collar family and I took a trip to New York City. Um this is in 1988. I took a trip to New York City, went to a um free South Africa rally and demonstration and first time i ever you know i took a a bus actually from um from detroit to new york city never been, had never been to new york city as soon as we came out of the lincoln tunnel 
I you would have thought I was on a roller coaster because yeah. the size of the buildings and the, the 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 life of the city and the life of the people and I just knew that there was something my life was going to be different that I knew I had it's like you have that first taste of something and you said I have to have something different so I have moved around um, the country um, I've spent some time in Atlanta, Georgia. I spent some time in Oakland and San Francisco, which is in Northern California. And I've been in Southern California for 20 years now. Actually moved down here um, after being a corporate recruiter because I, yeah. I said, someone needs to help these young people. They're coming to these career fairs and they don't know how to present themselves. And so I said, I'm going to find a way to make myself uh, a, a spot in higher education and help these students outside of just the curriculum. You yeah. know, the curriculum, it's important, but most of the stuff people forget, right? Except for yeah. the test, right? But what yeah. can I leave them with? How can I guide them in a different way? So that I've been doing it for 20 years. I was going to give 10 years and it ended up well, turning into tw 20 years. But I mean, that all that to say is I um, have stayed, I used to teach at three different colleges. Now I'm at one. Mm -hmm. uh, predominantly, the students that I have are first-generation college students, yeah. uh, African-American, Latino students, and international students. Those are really right. who come to my class. I've had students from fi age 15 to age 70. Yeah. So all that, I know that was a lot, but I think here we are right now. I turned 50 last year. Wow. It doesn't look like yeah. it. You know, I put the other <laughs> day. Uh, it, it don't look like it. Like, I, I thought about mid-30s. Uh, so yeah, yeah well, I the, the energy that. and vibe you have, yeah. it's just a great for like having a positive professor in class, you know, <laughs> like they love to learn from you. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, uh, you know, when you're, when you're younger, 50 looks can look pretty old. It sounds pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had great, great, great anxiety over turning 50. And so uh, maybe two years before when I was 48, I created a short documentary video called Pushing 50, where uh, me and four other people who were about to turn 50 answered right. seven of the same questions because I never had a conversation with people in my yeah. age cohort about what that meant. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, all the people that um, were in my uh, documentary, I, I had a personal relationship with, I actually reached out to 40 people and I only got four people who were willing to answer these very deep, provocative questions on uh, on camera. And it, interestingly enough, though, each of us that were in the video, um, none of us had children. Right. There's something different about being a, a, a middle-aged adult and not having a ch child by choice, right? Child-free yeah. versus childless, right? There's a different, it's a different life trajectory. It's kind of like when you have children, a lot of everything that you do kind of folds into taking care of them and raising them and socializing them and uh, everything, your needs really come second. Yeah. So, but I'm not like a, a, a needy person. And so my life has been, what can I do if I'm not raising children? Of course, I play uncle and I, you know, I'm the fun uncle. But yeah. I can step away from that. But it was okay, okay. So what am I supposed to then really be doing for the big picture of life? Because I'm not chasing money. I just yeah. need enough money to be able to, you know, 
live a basic life. I don't, I don't need fancy things. I don't need big house and all that. But uh, what I do need is some sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that purpose just knocks on your door. I don't yeah. think that a light shines through the clouds and their purpose is revealed to you. I think if you feel that that is happening to you, I, I, I obviously that's your feeling and that's great, but I don't think it is a magical thing. I think you find it. I think you, you yeah. have to find it, you know, and it doesn't mean that you may spend your whole time finding purpose and it may be more than one and it may be seasonal and it may be, you know, depending upon what you can give at that moment, but there's always something that you can give to the world. I mean, I really firmly believe that that sometimes just sharing a part of yourself with yeah. the world is 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 a tremendous thing to help somebody. I don't think um, you know, I don't think we can tell people what to do and how to better their lives. I think that's that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm just curious to know like uh, what are the seven questions you guys asked, you know, during your documentary? <laughs> um like right off the top of my head. So let's see. Um, so I know a couple of them were, um, have, uh, what are your greatest fears about getting old? Mm-hmm. You know, what are your greatest fears about getting old? Have you ever been in a social situation where you felt you were too old to be there? Right. Have you, uh, has anyone ever said you look younger than you do? See, like those kind of questions. Um, but the quest, you know, and, and so kind of leading up to this idea of what does it mean to turn 50? Like that was the lead question. What does it mean for you? And I, I promise you, and the reason that I always bring this up is because, again, I, I hadn't had these type of conversations with people that I've known for decades. We just yeah. didn't sit around and have the conversation. Right. And so I said, you know, here's the questions I want you to self tape. So, you know, you can, whenever you feel comfortable, set the camera up. I said, but just don't do several takes, just do one take like we're doing here on the podcast. We're not going to, Hey, start that question over again, because then it's inauthentic. Right. Yeah. And, and, and one of the, one of the, you know, how you have people that there's, there's a a certain reliable people that you have, right. And there's always someone, (laughs) I always want to be the one that like gets it to you first. Boom. So I have a friend like that. And she um, sent me the questions and I was so excited because it was the first taped questions for the documentary. And um, when she started asking, answering that question, and what does it mean to be 50? Mm-hmm. And she says, she starts off by saying, it, it means that I probably don't have another 50 years. I've got, I, I kind of like teared up. I never yeah. thought about, you never think about that yeah, we're all going to die, but then we don't talk about it. So it doesn't even exist. Right. And then I was like, Oh, we don't have 50 years. I was like, do I even have 25? I mean, do I, can I get, can I squeeze 25 or 30? And then I think about what the, how fast the last 25 or 30 years (laughs) has gone by. And I was like, damn, wow. So for me, even though I did the documentary kind of, you know, to share that conversation with people, it was really for me, it was a cathartic experience yeah. for me because I said, before, by the time I'm 50, I want to jump out of a plane. Mm-hmm. I want to write a book. So, which is why I was like, okay, you got to start getting on these to-do lists, these bucket lists, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people have bucket lists and they're not necessarily a formalized list, but there are certain things that I was like, 
I have got to try that. Actually, because of COVID, you know, I had the um, skydiving was delayed for like six months. Yeah, everything was shut down. It finally happened and probably, yes, but, and that was probably the most blissful experience I've had on the planet. Even better than taking drugs or alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can't do that. I can't do the skydiving. I'm scared of height. <laughs> Don't know what will happen. <laughs> but that that is the reason. If you have identified something that you that that causes you anxiety and fear, yeah. And if you avoid it, that's that fear is still there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're on the top of a building, or you this. Um. So you know, I'm the kind of the kind of guy whereas like if something is challenging and something that i fear and something that i am actively avoiding well mm-hmm. damn it i need to kind of look into it and 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 i need to like i need to do that you know so if, uh, the only thing that i think that i'm i'm afraid of now is snakes i haven't figured out a desensitization <laughs> but I'm, I'm open to it as long as they don't have teeth yeah yeah slowly you'll get there <laughs> experiencing different different things isn't it yeah, so come to the topic today. So you wanted to talk about reality of life, right? So what what do you mean by reality of life? And can you explain it a bit to us? Well, I mean, it, it kind of sounds Matrix-like, right? I think everyone has seen the Matrix, right? If they haven't seen the Matrix, sorry yeah. for the spoiler, but really the general idea is... Um, at least in my interpretation, let's do it like this. And it's and yeah. it's, an, it's not only a film, but it's also in real life. Like I have a very scientific mind. Mm-hmm. Probably in another life, I was a, 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 a you know neuroscientist because I, <laughs> I late in life I find out all these fascinating things that I wish I would have known early. Yeah. But you know, uh, I'm fascinated by the brain. I think the brain is pretty much. Yeah. The recreate it's the organic recreation of the universe. <laughs> you know, if you look yeah. at the, the the connections in the brain, that is the entire universe. If you look at a photo of like the galaxies in the universe, and then you look at kind of some um, artists uh, artists illustration of what the neural pathways look like. To me, yeah. it just look, this looks like galaxies and planets and shooting stars and that kind of thing. So we start out with that, like the brain being this biological entity um, that gives rise to the mind. So the mind is where, again, these are, this is all my interpretation. I, I, you know, everyone has their opinions, but the mind is, is kind of the consciousness aspect. The kind the mind is about awareness. The brain is about giving rise to the functionality of consciousness, you know, kind of like, you know, we, if you look at kind of the organ systems in the body, we we don't think about uh, uh, what's going on in the gallbladder when we eat something, right? We're just yeah. <laughs> focusing on the taste. So when we are in our mind, we're not really focusing on the chemical processes, the electrical impulses that run through our body that give rise to this consciousness. And from this consciousness, throughout the entirety of our lives, based upon our experience and our knowledge, our perception, our belief, um, we formulate this idea of what it means to be alive and what it means to exist. Now, when you start talking about existence, 
only second to death. I mean, if people avoid the death conversation, but the second probably conversation that people avoid is the nature of existence. Yeah. It's like, what are you, a philosopher? You know, I find uh, it, it kind of tragic that we, that academicians who have these incredible ideas, incredible thinking on things, are unable to decode that and decipher that so that the everyday person can really understand it, you mm -hmm. know? So I, like one of my charges, I guess, in, in life is to find a way to be able to bridge those two, bridge those higher level academician language and ideation into something that people can understand. People yeah. can, and universally, people can understand food. You'll always hear a food reference from me because people understand food. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. where you are on the planet, what yeah. language you speak, it, it, people understand food. So that's why I like to use food as a reference. But let's talk about reality. Reality is the idea that I'm here during this period of time. Yeah. Um, now, I, we all kind of look at the world through our own eyes, right? We hear opinions. We understand others. Many of us understand uh, a, a little bit about other people's experiences. That's empathy. A lot of times yeah. we may have um, compassion for other people and, and, and the the challenges and struggles they have. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we may even have that for our compassion for ourselves, which we could work on. But I have a reality I'm moving through the world in. You over there have a reality that you're moving through the world in based upon your accumulated experience, knowledge, belief systems, whether yeah. or not you really continue to, to refine and, and um, grow and evolve that. That's different from person to person either too you know people find i call it spaghetti on thursday people they're always going to have spaghetti on thursday mm -hmm. and that, to me if, if something happens and they couldn't have spaghetti on thursday the whole world would collapse for a short amount of time yeah so you have your my reality your reality so that's two realities the third reality is the one that we agree um and collectively share you remember a bit of a venn diagram where you have the two circles and then they overlap this is where we operate. So when right. you use a certain word to describe your experience, we're coming to the agreement that we define that word in the same way. Otherwise, we're just going to be stuck, right? So yeah. if I said, oh, I'm drinking coffee, it's not necessary for you to know what kind of coffee is. it whole bean? Where is it sourced? Is it high in acidic? You know, you don't need to know all that to no. understand the concept yeah. of coffee. But when we talk about reality, that's a little bit different, isn't it? That's a little yeah. bit, you know. More depth into it. It is. So then that's three realities. This is, you have to, it's good to be aware of this. You're aware of your own reality, someone else's that you collectively agree on. The fourth reality is, is uh, and again, I nerd out on a lot of um, documentaries about space. I just... Mm -hmm. You know, so it's almost like, oh, we're going to talk about space today. And then this, no, like, let's talk about space like forever because, <laughs> because that is so the, the size alone, the size. I mean, if you look, if you just looked at the solar system, people think the solar system is this little tiny thing. I mean, yeah, you know, what is it like six months to get to Mars or something, right? So it's pretty big, the solar system. So the idea of the reality of the entire universe. And that we are a part of that universe, number yeah. one, a little bit, that's a mind blowing as it is. But if you tell people that everything in the universe is created from the same um, atoms, 
Mm -hmm. and they're just reconfigurations, different types of complex reconfigurations, like the human body, yeah. everything that we look around in our reality is, you know, started out as stardust, started out as from the same components. And when you, when you use the same components, there is a connectivity to the point of origin. Even if yeah. you can't see, even if you can't even think about it, because it's just so vast, right? People have a limited amount of understanding that they can really operate in you know yeah. they really they they some people their limited reality is within their neighborhood you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> they don't even go that far with it and then other people are more kind of like you know, bigger broader then you get the global people and then you get people looking at that so then you have to also in your day-to-day -day, you have to add that fourth dimension because if you put the idea of this i if you put the idea of a reality that's outside of our comprehension because we just you know we have not been able to formulate the language to describe and comprehend it doesn't mean that we can't i think we're i think mm -hmm. there's things that are locked in our brain that we are not going to be able to pull out because we don't have the the language we don't have the ability to really think about it it's just too big it's like yeah. trying to pick up an elephant with one finger it's just not going to happen but we can think about picking up the elephant but we're yeah. not going to be able to do that. But yeah. it's still there. It is still omnipresent. And, and I used to be kind of like when people used to talk about the idea we're all connected, you know. And again, I've had many shifts. You know, I've many, had many shifts. I went from cynic to like really wanted, wanting to understand that even more. I'm like, these people, what are they talking about? We're all connected, you know? And and, and I was like, damn, my uh, 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 American upbringing is like individual, individual, you against the world, you against the world. And I believe that once we really understand that at the most fundamental molecular level, we yeah. are all connected. Yeah, that's a different way to think about the life and everything. So what would be like a starting point for someone to figure out and think like yourself on reality of life yeah wow you know i um i don't believe that like one religion or one scientific um stream of consciousness if you will is is more accurate than another i believe the more the merrier the more perspectives that you can get on your life the more ways that you can dissect you you know your everyday experience because i am a sociologist by trade but i also yeah. see the manifestation of society within our psyche within our psyche yeah. so there's that aspect i'm i really think that a good starting point for people is to observe their own interpersonal dynamics with other people mm -hmm. like step back and step back and reflect on a conversation that you've had with someone yeah. recently and then ask yourself how much did you ask for clarification for things that were ambiguous how much did you push that person to expand the th their thinking on a subject how much did you yourself share with that person how, did you hold back did you how did you feel when you were you know talking to that person how yeah. do you think that person felt so it's really just looking at the way that you 
interact with people, which really is such a great, such a great expression of ourselves, right? If we're willing yeah. to really put ourselves into it. Now I can decipher between a very quality conversation with someone and one that is just obligatory, like let's get it done and then move on. And there's no real interest. I'm, I'm, I can easily get out of those conversations. When I was younger, I would be stuck in those conversations and not know how to make, get out of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, and, and some of this stuff is, is, is what I talked about in the book, which is pretty kind of like a manifesto of my philosophies. Right. But I talk about the ability to think on your feet because right. it's one thing to establish, uh, uh, um, you know, like, again, being, being a commercial actor also in LA, there's sometimes where they give me this commercial script mm -hmm. to do. And it's, you know, like really quick commercials. These are not long, but even if it's like five lines, I'm, I'm like, who, who wrote this? Like, who says this? You know what I mean? So I was like this, that's why I said, you know, I'm, I'm a good think on your feet person. I I've taken improv classes to develop that, but it's something again, that I've always wanted to do. Cause haven't you ever had a conversation and he was like, Man, I wish I would have said this, or I wish I, maybe I shouldn't have said that, you know, but in the course of that conversation, you can actually create a, 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 a you can actually emphasize that collective reality that you have with that person you know so that's why it was good starting point that you asked about those realities because every interaction we have is creating that reality it's creating that reality and it's also a mirror to ourselves mm -hmm. other people help us understand ourselves they reflect ourselves um, they should, I think they should. I think we should also help reflect upon other people so that they can see themselves through our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about like a, doing a meditation and taking a step back from like a, wherever we are chasing to figure out who we are, what's the life about, what's the reality is about? Do you think that helped going to the meditation process? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Now, I mean, I can't lie. I have been on the grind. <laughs> I've been on the grind, man, since I was, you know, an 18. Yeah. I, I'm like always working, always doing something. If something's not happening for me, I quit that. I start something else. I create something new. It doesn't work out. I've, you know, had a couple businesses. They didn't work out. So be it. Life is a playground. Sometimes you fall down and you get your knee scraped in the playgrounds. Playground, funnest place for kids. <laughs> yeah. It also be a very dangerous place, right? So if you're willing to play in the playground. But then again, it's interesting. And even though I'm not like, I, I don't see myself standing at death's door at age 51 now. I'm 51 now. Like that first <laughs> year was like, ooh, okay, it's not so bad. I'm like, oh, you just made this all up in your head. Like you wanted something to have anxiety about. But um, it, it, it is now it's kind of looking at um, more about not about really status. I'm not about status, labels, titles, um, that kind of thing. I'm just not yeah. about that. I, I'm about um, what can I what can I do to make people feel valued and make people feel loved? What can I do to increase my own self-love? 
because that's yeah. something again uh, that is something talk about observation like the, the meditation is a great way to just observe how crazy your mind is you know you're like wow my mind is just like it's like monkey mind they call that monkey mind it's just all over the place you're sitting still quietly and you think your mind is just going to fold in and go like this and it doesn't it's almost yeah. it's like if the parents went away and the kids have a party so you're sitting here quietly not moving but you can't really get involved in the party you're just observing so there's that observation another another thing that i do um outside of meditation is I have done different kinds of workshops, um, yeah. half day retreats, even three day. I throw, I've thrown my, in, uh, myself into things that I know are going to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. uh, for me. I was like, okay, you've got to do this. Um, I, did, I did a three day workshop. It was called Camera Ready. And it, it, on the surface, it seems like it was actually more training to be on camera. And I was like, well, you can never get enough training. Maybe there's something more that I need or can get out of it. Yeah. But what it really was, it was like a self-exploration in this really deep psychological way um, because of the idea of if you can really connect with yourself, you'll be able to connect with an audience through the camera. So it wasn't technique delivery, speed, uh, structure. It was, what are we going to, it's like pre-work. It's like, what? Do, how are we going to bring ourselves? Because there's so many, and, and again, this is, it was an interesting thing because I'm one of those people who just, I'm just myself all the time. Right. There's different, you know, I mean, I can be obviously more professional if I need to be, I can be fun and lively, but the, the, the my life force runs through me all the time and I can't play another person. But what I found in this three-day workshop was that I didn't really love myself. Well, I like myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't love myself. I mean, for one thing, I just felt like self-love sounded kind of gross and narcissistic, <laughs> like someone staring at the mirror. Yeah. But um, like it, 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 it was like, well, why do I, you know, I had to convince myself that it was... Is that because of like uh, you wasn't be who you are? You couldn't express yourself. I I think um. I think it was because I had a very turbulent home life coming mm -hmm. up, and you know, my my self confidence was destroyed before it ever had any chance to emerge. Right. So then I spent a lot of time um, existing outside of myself yeah. as an observer of myself, but not really sitting in my body. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And so as I've gotten older, I mean, you know, this whole breakthrough only happened probably five years ago. Imagine that five years ago and you realize you're really kind of observing yourself and you weren't really in your body. You weren't really in your mind. And all you could, all you did was criticize yourself and try to work against that self-criticism by, mm -hmm. by, you know, I, I want to talk about this too, because it kind of come to mind and maybe you've heard about that. Have you heard people say they want to redefine themselves? Yeah. Like, what yeah. do you, what do you think about that? Let me ask you that. It's, it's an interesting thing. It's probably because they're not satisfied on themselves. 
so wanted to make the change and asking them kind of thoughts they have on their mind. Um, what I think is probably because of what's going on to the world, like a social media, seeing someone like your friends, yeah. your relative, or like a people we follow on social media, then we tend to be like, oh, I can be that person. Why, why not me doing this kind of thing? So that's why all of them glamorous thing is all mostly is like a materialistic thing. It's not like a personal growth. Like I try to compare myself to you would be like a, being stupid because you come from a different background compared to mine. And I have my own identity. You have your own identity. So finding myself, like who am I and doing my best ability to finding uh, myself. That's why I said like a step back and finding your own reality, like where yeah. you are, what are you trying to do? Uh, we talked the other day, like uh, you said, you'd rather be a second person, an organization rather than a yeah. top guy. Yeah. And I prefer like, I wanna be the top guy rather than a second person, even though I don't earn any money, I just do voluntary work. This is who I am. So yeah, yeah so it's everyone different. And sometimes like you could be the person like, why not become a CEO? Why not I become a founder? Why not I create a new next Apple? I become a Steve Jobs. But you knew like, this is not something you wanna be. This is not your purpose. This is not your life. You're not uh, driven by chasing a, a shiny object or not driven by a billion dollar company. You're not driven by like the money and the status of the CEO. And you probably want to leave a legacy of a like good life, being a happy person, uh, do something for the community. It doesn't really have to be like a Steve Jobs. Uh, they didn't talk about motivational stuff or anything. They was like being an engineer and they didn't actually show the how to be happy. Even though we watched a documentary over his life, you find out most of the time he was unhappy. One of sure. the, yeah. Yeah. I think the movie called Jobs. So yeah, I saw him like he frustrated all the time, even though he made a yeah, movie and everything. Yeah, yeah. And end of yeah. just before he passed away, uh, he had a cancer. That time he realized I uh, I didn't give my time to my family myself all the time. Yeah. I was building and building it, and he he had like unsatisfied life. So you can see so many of them at league, so many actor, actresses, so many people like a CEO, founders of the companies, billionaires, millionaires, they couldn't figure out themselves what they want. It's just competing with each other's, like the social status, money, fame. I need to get a Lamborghini. Why I need a Lamborghini? Why I need a Ferrari? You need to ask them kind yeah. of questions. Like yeah. I don't need it. As long as I can get to A to B with a comfort Table yeah. way like yeah. I need AC, I need a heating on my car, and like automatic car. That's my preference. It doesn't mean like the car is 2005 or 2021 play. It doesn't really matter, and how much the car worth. But it all comes down to like a need to show off. And even though you realize them kind of cars, they parked it for a weekend. So on a weekend, Sunday or Saturday, they're taking it out. But most of the days, no one really cares about it. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of things like what I think about in terms of like your questions. So we really need to step back and finding out, define ourselves. Are we actually doing it for others or are we doing it for ourselves? Uh, what makes us happy? Like, and it's not going to be like a one day answer. It's going to take some time. Like you mentioned, like five years back, 
you're still figuring out yourself even though right now you're still figuring out yourself oh yeah even though myself oh, yeah. I'm 27 years old when I was 18 19 I thought I figured out myself but still I'm figuring out <laughs> like who am I you will be and you will yeah. be absolutely yeah. and I, I think that again it, it, you know I really love that you talked about um those those really famous leaders if you will for for lack of a better term but people that they're the world-renowned leaders yeah. in certain fields um the amount of sacrifice you know what i'm saying in my, my and, and yeah. you know mine's like oh, man i don't know i i've i've been in positions where the accountability kept getting higher and and um you know i just felt like oh, man it just you know, I've, I've had jobs where I've worked 60, 70 hours a week. I've done that. I've had those salary jobs. And I was like, wow, is this really it? And then, you know, because I'm always in this. And, and again, it's not about for me, it's not just always about happiness as much as it is about peace mm. and, <laughs> and simplicity and uncomplication. You know, um, we're not always going to be happy. I don't think happiness is a permanent state. I think there are moments of happiness um, and moments of sadness, uh, my Dharma teacher mentioned, uh, like life, it has 10,000 sorrows and 10,000 joys and everybody yeah. just wants the joy. That's all they want. Right. It's and when sorrow happen. comes, yeah. it's as if that they're doing everything they can to stop that. But, but back on the, the idea of people saying they want to redefine themselves. Um, I think that re refine is a better, it's a better way to to describe that you cannot strip nor should you strip yeah. away everything that makes you who you are you know it's not about evaluating this is a good part of me this is a not so good part of me you know it's about what part of this do you know is is helpful to me what part is harmful to me or to other people that's really the question those tweaks sometimes it's little tweaks it's just a little refinement um, I, I know it sounds way off topic, but I like, I cook. I don't know if anyone else out there cooks. <laughs> I cook. <laughs> I mean, I, you, I'm a chef. I worked in the restaurant for eight years. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. So <laughs> I've, I, I'm constantly trying to refine and I have a small kitchen, nothing fancy, but I'm trying to, I was constantly trying to refine the layout and where things were and so that the functionality yeah. flows and there was a there was a breach <laughs> there was a breach in the ability to you know reach certain jars and things in this cupboard and this happened twice i promise you it happened twice and and just um this past week and i said i've got to i gotta fix this but i, I would reach in to try to grab something and and then it would pull and pull the jar and crashed down to the counter glass and one was tomato sauce which then splashed all over the cupboards all over me on the floor with pieces of glass and it was a half an hour to clean up yeah, yeah. and i and again and then it happened again it was a smaller jar and i was like you have got to move that all the you got to move your cupboards around you know yeah. what i mean like what's Organize in the it. cupboards yeah. Right. So I didn't redefine the cupboards. I simply refined it. I just moved to pulled everything out. And then I thought about my, how I, where my, you know, where the oils are, you know, your cooking oil, where your seasoning is. I was like, I'm going to take a couple, it only took a couple hours, 
I'm going to take everything out of the covers. I'm going to clean the covers. I'm going to organize and I'm going to get this right. Why am I not doing this? Why do I keep knocking this tomato? Why am I going to keep knocking a jar? What is it going to be a jar a month? You know, and after cleaning all that glass and tomato sauce up for for 30 minutes, I was like, yo, you have got to fix this. So let's take that idea and think about something that keeps tripping you up in your life every day. Um, the way that you're thinking, the way you're interacting, make a little small tweak, say hello to a stranger, smile at a stranger, give someone a compliment, um, share something about yourself with someone, whether they want it or not. Like those are little tweaks that I think can make you feel better, make you feel more connected to people. And especially at this time, man, I'm telling you, if you don't, And coming out of this pandemic, you do not have a greater appreciation for quality interaction with with people in real life versus this video. Like, I can't come over to where you're sitting there. You're very far away. But there are people who are like literally five miles that I haven't seen in two years because we're in our little cameras. And I'm like, this just doesn't work for me. You know, I cannot wait to like really start interacting with people again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the great way to think about. And yeah, I can relate to that. So small changes eventually work some bigger things. Like we need to appreciate people around us as well. So sometimes it could be like a family and friends we haven't seen. And going and seeing them, it's it's a great thing. Like it's for your better self. It's not like for them. So sometimes I think about like, I miss my family sometimes with the work, yeah. like the family, I have a new boy. So it's a chaotic moment, you know, even though it's been locked down and everything. So sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm going to go later on next month and month after. Then eventually I'm losing about myself because I'm the one who get more happier when I go visit my family, uh, like about the sisters or friends so much so far it's like i'm doing it for myself it's not about yes. how they think it's not about how excited they get by seeing me sometimes right. kids could be love me but sometimes the elders maybe not maybe not that interested because we can't please everyone but end of the day i'm the one getting all of the joy i get excited i get to drive a half an hour one hour drive i'm gonna enjoy my moment driving it talking to my wife and have fun with my child while he's in yes. the backseat yes. and also going through the drive and everything then when I get to see them I play with them kids and have a good time have a good meal or something so it's come down to like yeah why not thinking about instead of think, thinking about others like focus on my own happiness and my own growth the more I'm gonna do that it's actually I'm growing myself so have less expectation for others a more expectation on me, which I can control. Am I going to be happy during the time? Yes. Then why not yeah. doing it? Yeah. So yeah, I can really relate to that. And, 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 and yeah, that's in, in you know that's a conversation into itself is the idea of expectations yeah. that we put on people and we haven't even discussed them, discussed it with them. They don't even know that we expect certain things. You yeah. know, there's that's again going back to those realities, right? Yeah. Your reality is that you have an expectation, but they, but it's never been communicated to them, right? And so, the the funny thing is, is too, is is if you focused on what brings you joy in those moments, right? The joy that you experience is going to 
expand outward towards other people. And I, I, I find the, some of the greatest joy when witnessing other people having a joyful moment. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. it just becomes, there's this exponential, like for me, it's very interesting because you, you said, I, like, you know, you're talking about my, my energy level. I'm not always like that. Like uh, when I'm by myself, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in a physical sense, I have energy, but in terms of my expression, it's not there because I'm by myself. I, yeah. I, I could be by myself physically for days and not even say a word out loud. There are days like that. And then, then I have days when I get around, when I'm, even when I'm interacting with you, even though it's video, it's still, there's still an energetic component, but then if it's in real life where people are moving and you're in different space together, like when people uh, visit, I, I, I do have a couple people that, you know, have been kind of in my bubble um and like when they come over we'll cook (laughs) we'll we'll get in the kitchen (laughs) i'm like let's look at the refrigerator and we'll just start chopping stuff up and cook because i don't want to just get around and sit with someone and just look at them in the face like i'm a doer like let's do something um so like sometimes people i think in the most awkward interactional moments i think if you're doing something together that you know you can it, it relieves some of that that tension i think that people have um, and kind of like think people wonder like, I wonder what they want me to say or how they want me to say it. You know, have you ever, you know, thought about like how people perceive you and like what kind of self-presentation are you putting out there? Mm-hmm. And I just had to abandon all that and just focus on what I think I could, who would I want to be? Uh, I want to be the kind of person that I would like to hang out with. I would like yeah. to be the kind of person that I would like to spend time with. And so if I reach that level and if I enjoy spending time with myself, which I do, imagine being able to bring that to someone else. And then I don't even have to, I don't have to do anything different. I'm just being me. Like people that know me know that I am who I am pretty much all the time. Yeah, and if and I, it takes care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and again, and I'm still, I have a lot, a long way to go to, you know, get to know who I am, get to know my place in the universe I definitely don't have enough time left as it relates to the average life expectancy to get it done. <laughs> but it's kind of one of those things where this is not another 50 years though. A lot yeah, of people it, over 100. It, it's <laughs> never, you're never going to get there. You are never going to get there because your brain, which is what you operate from and your thinking is a recreation of the universe, which is so expansive. We can't even think about it. So how about that? You can't, you'll never, you'll never get there. So just keep trying, just climb up the ladder. You'll never reach the roof, but man, every time you get up a little higher, you get a better view. Unless you're afraid of heights. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So yeah, that was the reality of life. Mostly covered. So I want to get to seek your book. So a little bit about your book, Seeking Self-Term in the Age of Selfies. Why is the title? This is the title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I actually learned Adobe Illustrator so I could make my own cover. I made my own cover. I wrote the book. I laid it out. I took my own selfie for the back of the book. (laughs) I wanted to to be 100% me because I I wanted, yeah, I wanted to challenge myself in that way because I do, I'm a left brain, right brain guy, you know? Can I, do you mind if I read um, uh, the back real quick? Yeah, yeah sure. Go ahead. Let me. T- yeah, I like to. Uh, I don't have this down to memory, but 
It says, we live in a time of great irony. We take countless photos of ourselves, post them to social media for others to view, and yet we don't really see ourselves. While many seek power, material gain, and that elusive thing called happiness, countless others seek something more, both a deeper relationship with themselves and a greater understanding of themselves. Selfdom is a, the consummate curator of our multifaceted identity, the custodian of our grand purpose, and the champion of our limitless imagination. Cultivating this important relationship offers us new ways of looking at our lives and life itself through multiple lenses that challenge our intellect, strengthen our interpersonal connections, and invigorate our soul. The ideas shared in this can be profound catalysts for personal growth and transformation predicated on your own terms, executed in your own way, and accomplished in your own time. Like part of this book was like, I'm so tired of people putting these books out and these multi-step plans and come yeah. to my seminar for, you know, $800 and you can learn how to grab life by the horns, you know? And it was <laughs> like, you have, it's all here. You have all the answers right here. You really do. You just, you just haven't tapped into it. Right. You know, no one can give you the answers because there is no cookie cutter plan. You know, each one of us, we're, you know, we're like snowflakes. As much as we like to say we're commonality, we are so different from one another. Even I love what, looking at identical twin studies, right? Yeah. Because identical twins have the same genetic material. They're raised in the same environment. But those micro experiences that they have and those nuances of personality. So those are some of the things that I tap into is personality, looking at you know, how do we think? Have you looked at the way that you think? You know, what yeah. is your process of thought? What about your emotionality? See that, I mean, again, these things, if you haven't even looked at these things, you know, save your money for those seminars. Just take the time to look. What is your emotions like compared to other people? Do you mm -hmm. feel deeply or do you feel more of in a neutral? Like, are you more neutral? Are you more middle of the road in terms of your emotional expression? especially when you have those intense moments of extreme grief or extreme exuberance. Do you, how do you, you know, how do you express yourself in, in those emotional moments? Doesn't mean that you're not experiencing the emotion, but there's a lot of people that express emotions in different ways. Just because you're not crying does not mean you're not feeling an intense grief, right? Yeah. And that's part of who we are. So if you're already feeling an emotion and you, even though you're not expressing it, then can you go deeper into that emotion? You know, where that emotion came from and what, how does it make you, you know, how do you deal with that emotion? So these are just I'm giving you a little taste of these. I'm not yeah. going through like, let's make a, let's create a goal for the week. You know I mean? It's not that kind of thing. It's like, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper into kind of the root system instead of just pruning we're always pruning the leaves we're not going into the root system yeah yeah that's that's great so if anyone wants to i don't want to like uh, everything you want to tell on the podcast about your book i want people to go and read it themselves and yeah get benefited from it so is there a book available on amazon or how do people find it it is it is on amazon absolutely it's if you just typed up seeking self them, it, it, it will pop up. 
Um, yeah. And again, it wasn't, it was never like, a, 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 um, I never wanted to do it to like make money or, or, or anything. I wanted to, again, uh, spread, spread a message. Cause I, I, I guess, uh, unless you, unless you know me, even if you do know me, you really don't know like the layers and layers of things that run through my mind. Right. So yeah. to be able to put it yeah. down in a book in a physical way, this is for me, um, kind of a symbolic immortality. You know, there's going to be a physical, when I'm dead, someone's going to have this sitting on their bookshelf somewhere, you know? Yeah. So a piece of me will be there for whatever it's worth. And it, 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 and if there's even one person that derives some insight into themselves as a result of just one passage, then to me, that, that, that was, it's all worth it. Because yeah, writing a book is great. no writing a book is no joke, man. <laughs> it's a very I can, I, I can totally understand. I'm still trying to write my book. It's been three years now, but the main thing is like I want to do like three books, probably first part of my life, middle part of my life, and last part of my mm, life. So I love the, it. The journey is keep on going on. Like yeah. I mentioned before, I didn't know like this year will going to be like we're going to have trouble with our baby first one child. Because after yes. everything is smooth, business is fine, got married happily ever after. Now we have a child. But who knew like we're gonna have like a bad news during the time we're gonna about to lose our child. So yeah, it's the one thing and another. Pandemic happened. God knows what's gonna happen in the next five years. Could be a war, could be natural disaster, could be like anything distance, anything. anything. Don't control anything. How about my health? How about my spouse's health, my child's health? We don't know. So that's why I just keep on writing it, but um, just being patient at the same time and just waiting to learn more about it and experience more of the life. And then, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not I mean, easy to we, write a book, yeah. No, it, it's, it's not. And I think part of it, and of course, you know, um, it's a lot of time by yourself sitting in front of a screen, right? Yeah. It's, editing is a beast, as you already know. But the idea for me, again, it's like, you know, and it's not perfect. It's, it's there's not, it's not perfection. You know, I, I, yeah. if you know what the cost of a book editor is, it's more than I would ever make if I sold a thousand books. I've actually, mm -hmm. I've actually given away 250 copies of this book and I probably sold 30, you right. know, and I've given <laughs> them away on my own dollar. I have, I created this list of people that have, had some significance in my life, whether we interact all the time or not. And I mailed out the book because I just wanted them to say, I wanted them to see pretty much this is where my mind is at. So if you want to, you know, if you want to just still be in my world, this is what I'm thinking about now. And yeah. interestingly enough that there are people who during this pandemic time of you know change and uncertainty there are people that have really disappeared from my life just for with no explanation yeah and you know the old me would have just grieved and wanted to know why you know and then now the adult 51 year old me says you know what people make their decisions and they they, they are free to make their decisions they're free to make those kind of choices no i can't expect anything from anyone around longevity and yeah. it is what it is. And, and bottom line, if you if you approach uncertainty 
uh, in a different way. It won't be like, what's the next thing that's going to happen, right? It's like, because things are going to happen. Good, yeah. you know, things that we, we we like and glad that they happen and things that we don't. But being able to manage the feelings that come when those uh, emerge and being able to like, I, I would say like, I'm very good in really high crisis situations. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, kind of thinking on your feet kind of thing, you know, and a lot of times people become paralyzed, right? With yeah. that. So if you really want to, you know, refine yourself and instead of redefine, look at what paralyzes you and why does it paralyze you? Because that's problematic when yeah. things come up, right? The paralysis could be catastrophic. So when nothing's happening, every, nothing's happening right now, good or bad, this is the time to really tap into what paralyzes you and what you can do to strengthen your ability to adapt to uncertainty. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Kilo, for like, sharing your knowledge on the topic. Uh, we are running out of the time. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, want to work with you or learn more about you, how they can reach out to you? Oh, just you can go to my website at www.akellostone.com. It's that easy. Yeah, that's great. So thank you so much for taking the time out for me and my audience. I really, really appreciate it. I know you have a hey, appreciate the conversation, definitely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, uh, the, this podcast. So yeah, I appreciate it and wish you good luck with your life and your book. And yeah, I'll I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. I hope I hope you reconsider a tandem skydiving jump. <laughs> I'll see about that. I'll see about that. All right, guys. This is a wrap. Uh, I'll see you on the next episode. Till then, stay safe, stay healthy. Talk soon.